0: Hey, it's Craig from Revolution Radio. This is just a reminder. Can you hit that subscribe button? That way you never miss a new episode of Canadian AF. And now, Revolution Radio and Canadian AF are proud to announce we are the newest members of a collective of some of the planet's greatest content creators on the new Cryer Media family. You can check out all the goodies that Cryer Media has to offer, including this podcast, at Cryer.co. Once again, that's c r i e r dot c o. Thanks so much for listening to Revolution Radio, and enjoy this podcast.
1: It does, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's it's a whole other thing. Embassy Supreme, yeah, it's a funny thing.
0: Nice. Well, we're definitely going
1: to save save it. We're going to talk.
0: As a matter of fact, we're going to talk about it as of right now because we're live. Okay, and uh, I love doing this to these guys Brad. I do this Brad. Every I do week. this every single week. <laughs> They'd have no idea when I'm going to push the start streaming button. So they're yeah. just kind of like, "Okay, is it now? Is it now? Is it now?" And I usually end <laughs> up pissing off Derek because <laughs> I, I catch him in a funny face or something like that. So And okay.
2: all that has been said on <laughs> it most certainly has, <laughs> "Welcome
0: to Canadian as fuck right here on Revolution Radio Canada. My name is uh, DJ Craig G alongside Derek Lewis, who is pretending to be frozen Uh, tattoo artist tattoo guru musician wonderful guy long point photo is where you're going to find Derek Lewis at long point photo on Instagram Uh, beneath me is my man Dimitri Alexio as always a teleprompter operator musician music historian basically Alan Cross without being Alan Cross uh, and we love him and adore him and of course we are joined by our man our new bestie here to Revolution Radio Canada Brad Merritt and he is from a Little band from Vancouver called Fifty Four Forty. Woohoo! <laughs> Check out the size of that audience.
3: Check out the big brain on Brad.
2: <laughs> we've been wanting to talk. We've actually want, been wanting to talk, talk to, to, to some 50, anybody from Fifty Four Forty for a while. A long time. We've been, ch- we've been chasing you guys for a bit. Okay.
0: Is it Swassen? Yeah. Is that how you say the the, the name of the, so- the
1: uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's obviously it's a first nation's word. And uh-huh. if you went, if you went down there, they would pronounce it differently. And then, you know, if you're listening to CBC or you're taking the ferry, they'll say Sawasan, but everyone who lives there calls it Tawasan. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Silent S. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. And I, yeah. no, so, I'm, no, I'm, no,
0: no. I'm, I'm, I'm so, quiet now. <laughs> that was wicked i'm Damn definitely it. gonna i'm gonna highlight that on our youtube channel
2: <laughs> that was great go ahead dimitri we're we're too polite here okay we are canadian canadian as fuck would like to begin by acknowledging the indigenous peoples of all the lands that we're on today and while we meet tonight on a virtual platform we would like to take a moment to acknowledge the importance of the lands we call home and we do this to reaffirm our commitment and responsibility in improving relationships between nations to improving our own understanding of local indigenous peoples and cultures, and to try to move forward in a spirit of reconciliation and collaboration. Thank you very much, my friend. Much appreciated.
0: Um, We are going to ask this fella a bazillion questions, so we've got to get things going. Let's get this show rolling, shall we? Episode 57 featuring Brad Merritt of 5440. To start the program one day in your life one of our favorites here at this radio station canadian as fuck episode 57 is on revolution radio canada <laughs>
2: is One Day in Your Life from the 1987 album Show Me by a little band from or Ortsawasson, BC, named 5440. And that song, that was the song that caught the attention of a 15-year-old me sitting in front of my television set watching video hits on CBC. It's like that, like, I think, I think they had played... Fifty four forty before with a with one or two songs from the Green album, but it was just like the force that One Day in Your Life attacked. I don't think that there was very much Canadian music like that in in the eighties, really, like guitar driven and just like doing its own thing and just being very forceful like that. Um, but but today, but today, we're very very happy to have uh, Brad Merritt, uh, the bass player from 5440 with us. So, uh, and, uh, do you have any comments that you want to, that you want to make about that song before, before we get, before we get going through all your history and everything?
1: Yes. Well, first of all, I appreciate all that you just said there. And I, I, I thought that it would probably end with a question. So, (laughs) um, uh, yeah. So, uh, it's yeah that yeah God, i don't know where to begin um that did sound great um and it's still an extremely popular song and like you know like we i get my our streaming numbers every week from apple and spotify and it's a it's a top three song for us right so um yeah so uh you should feel vindicated <laughs>
2: <coughs> or, or um, being
1: struck as a 15 year old you know that's yeah that's very cool
2: yeah and so um but you um so obviously tawassin is very close to vancouver and we're we're,
1: we're a vanc we're a vancouver band right so neil and i started uh we went to high school in tawassin the band has got nothing to do with tawassin other than the fact that neil and i uh grew up there (laughs) (laughs) he went off to boston to to take uh to go to music school at uh, berkeley uh Mm -hmm. college of music and uh I did a year of, of of college and then went to work. And he came back. I said, "Come on back. We'll start a band." At that time, I was living in Surrey. He was living in Vancouver. Um, and so, I mean, we're such a Vancouver band. It would be like living in a Tobacco and and not saying you're saying you're in a Tobacco band.
2: <laughs> like the Rio Statics do. Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. funny. I like that. I like the <laughs> attitude here
3: yeah it's not, it's not a, it's not a
1: even De- even think. Derek's bad attitude I like. I want you to know yeah
3: I'm, not, right. I'm being good
1: <laughs> well, you're being silent, yeah, and
3: I'm
0: actually not I didn't even have to say anything. so there you go, Derek. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> I, I love get, it
3: i get I get called out by guests now great.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're like so we're talking like nineteen eighty Vancouver. So yeah, like you so, still yeah. so you still have like punk punk is still raging.
1: Yeah, right. So yeah, yeah, we uh Dylan both went to hardcore 81. Uh DOA uh two nights at uh what's called the Laundromat then. And uh the first night they had uh Insect opening up and they had uh I think the dish rags were on the bill and the next night it was Black Flag and a band from Evanston and yeah, but the thing is by that time kind of uh punk was in a period of transition like punk before that kind of meant you know anything that was underground right and it could with all these kind of arty bands and kind of uh, some new wave bands and you know and then there's the you know there's the subhumans and doa and all that kind of stuff and then it kind of split up right it was like became this kind of hardcore scene right whatever and you had to sort of and then you know we were very much influenced by the whole thing but the stuff that we really liked were um the bands that kind of took that punk rock ethos and simplicity and directness and then did their own creative thing with that and that's kind of was our genesis was we just uh, you know until now, we really honed it down you know i mean we had no idea what we we're doing but we just sort of got together sort of making noise uh with a drummer and uh, eventually it sort of kind of gelled into something and that that was the start of our sound
2: yeah because you had because you kind of like okay so you we have bands like the clash going in like reggae and more of a new wave direction you 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 were identified with the punk movement early on yeah and then and then but then started bringing in elements of folk
1: yeah or yeah totally i mean we basically um well our 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 whole world expanded we started to play uh other cities you know we started to do a lot of stuff in seattle by 82 we were going down to san francisco several times a year yeah and hanging out with different people and uh you know uh one of these guys had a band called three swimmers from seattle mark smith and we used to hang out we to keep, he would put us up at his place and uh you know he'd put on like uh like Sugar Hill, uh, like early, um, hip hop, early rap. And you put on like Michael Jackson and go like, this is really good. And I go, and that was like an anathema to me, you know, it was like the enemy at the time. And, and, uh, you know, when I, I was given permission at that point, or at least I felt that, that I could like whatever I wanted to and my whole, then the whole world opened up and then, uh, we allowed ourselves to sort of be influenced not only by, you know, the stuff that was happening, you know, uh, Gang of Four and Echo and the Bunny Men and Joy Division and New Order and, you know, Wire and The Sound and all these other UK bands or bands in New York. Wonderful, whatever. wonderful bands. Yeah. 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 I loved all those bands. And then, and then, uh, but also, we, uh, you know, Neil Young. <laughs> or the rolling stones or jody mitchell or whatever it was you know mm-hmm. could creep in there right and and uh and, you know we started to give ourselves permission to to just be more open you know and i think that's that's the mark of becoming musical and you know like it took me years before i'd actually call myself a musician because you know i came really out of that punk rock uh, first of all punk rock ability you know not, but also that ethos right and and so uh, it, it uh, you know then you 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 you're thirsty to you have a thirst to learn you know and uh, absorb all these other stuff which is happening around you. I and, and I would also take exception to the to the Clash going New Wave. I would say the Clash the Clash actually I would still consider a punk band, but you know because you know uh, you know they're kind of on the south side of the Thames, you know, and they hang out in Brixton and they're, you know, they're friendly with, with uh, musicians who play reggae, that's just naturally kind of who they are. And they, they, they did that. It was a kind of, it was a natural, it was, they, they had their own path, but, you know, kind of like we had our own path.
2: But do you think that like um, punk fans back in those days were very, very dogmatic about what Punk could be and whatnot. What what is punk? And then and then if you stray beyond that, you're selling out.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure, absolutely. And even yeah, it wasn't that way. Like I say, until about 1981, and uh, and then yeah, exactly. You know, there was everything became segmented, and you would be selling out. Yeah, if you. But the thing is, is that even though we didn't play like the subhumans or DOA or whatever, we had our own kind of sound. You know, we thought in those terms, right, you know, uh, we we weren't going to do stuff and we're going to do this and not that and, you know, making decisions, you know, by the time 1986 rolls around, you know, uh, we probably should have played Expo 86, but we didn't want to have anything to do with it because for whatever oh. reason, you know
2: oh yeah oh i so didn't we, even know about that
1: yeah so we <laughs> yeah at, at oh, the same man. time i i'm going down there and seeing you know uh slow and uh you know uh what's did it slope
2: uh, did slow play eight, expo 86
1: yeah they played it yeah absolutely oh art bergman art bergman did and uh yeah and and uh what eister's oh. and neubauten whatever that 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 german industrial band. yeah 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 saw them there and You know, it's like I would go there and see bands and it's like, well, how come we're not doing this? You know, but we ended up playing the Commodore. That was our first headline show at the Commodore. Nice. Uh, Yeah. And we've so, yeah, that was just started that going. So I'm not, I'm not unhappy about it. I'm just saying that's, that's the way we kind of thought and, you know, that, you know, we're not going to do this. We're not going to take this money from whatever, you know, the beer company later on. It's like, well, we should have taken that money from the beer company because frankly, (laughs) we like beer. You know, I mean,
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's right. If I could jump in here, Um, I did actually have a question for you. Um, One of the things I find interesting about your first uh, proper release, uh, of course, uh, lovingly titled The Green Album. Mm -hmm. Um, There's two albums that came out in the same month. Would you by any crazy chance happen to know what they are? Of our band? No. So two albums that came out by completely different bands the same yeah. month that you guys released your record, and you're in wonderful company. I'm just going to let you know.
1: Uh, well, I think uh, like uh, go ahead.
0: Life's Life's Rich Pageant, REM. Yeah, and Master of Puppets.
1: Oh, okay. I did Came out know exactly
0: that. the same month as you guys drop your first record, which, of course, 86. you know, yeah. I Go Blind and 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 Baby Ran. Uh, yeah. Two of the huge uh, songs on that. I, the question that I had for you is the sound that you guys managed to come up with, with all of the influences that you were, your influence, like you're talking about, you know, The Smiths and The Cure and Wire and all of these, you know, different bands, how did you and, and um, the boys end up like essentially coming up with the sound that you did? Because to be honest with you, for me, 5440 didn't sound like anybody else.
1: Yeah. Okay. So in the early days, um, I actually had something to do with that because, you know, I was uh, kind of a, well, you know, like I said, we get together and make noise, right? And what I would do is I'd find some sort of looping kind of baseline that was, you know, one or two or a four bar pattern. And then I wouldn't break away from that until everyone's sort of bent to my will, right? <laughs>
0: Fantastic.
1: So that's like you know, that's how baby Rand gets, you know, sort of, I'm just going to play this thing. and All right. people, We better, we better do this
2: song before, uh, to shut Brad up.
1: Yeah. 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 So, yeah it's it's kind of like that. Right? I mean, but, it, but at least he gave it, I kind of held it down and then people built around that. Right. So you had to deal with my style or my limitations or whatever. And then, you know, once again once we get to a certain stage where there's a bit more confidence, you know, I could let somebody else do something and then figure out something that complemented what they were doing. So, yeah, like that's that's how we kind of came up with that sound, right? I mean, when we did we when we started writing songs, Neil and I, we didn't even know how to stay in the same key, right? If we came up with a different part, sometimes it would be a uh, introduction of chords that weren't in the key of the song. You know, so we'd actually change the key, you know, for that part and then go back. There's nothing wrong with that. You could do that. <laughs> yeah, punk but doesn't it, have rules. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly. Well, but then he's like, oh, yeah, so th- these are the kind of the seven chords, you know, that kind of, you know, and then you can actually, you know, once you sort of figure some stuff out, right? So anyway, it doesn't really matter. It's
3: I mean, and Our so, sound
1: is, obviously, it's more, it's more it's not generic, but and we still have our own sort of identity. But it's definitely broader now, right? We're, we're, we could let other influences in and just sort of be whatever we want to be at that moment.
2: So you recorded the Green album mm-hmm. and Warner picked it up mm-hmm. and then some people started calling you sellouts.
1: Oh yeah, for sure that would happen. Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, Which it's seems
3: like-, like completely illogical because the <laughs> of playing in a band is yeah. to
1: make money playing in a band. Yeah, and that comes much later. That comes many records later before. You're oh yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, like, yeah, you know, yeah.
2: Oh, go on. Yeah.
1: No, I was just say that you know, I said we were a band for eleven years before I I gave up. You know, kind of a, a day job. You know, I was always I was I always had to go out there and at least work a few hours every day or Monday to Friday when I was in town to 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 pay some bills, right? And I remember reading. I
2: remember reading that like what album was out when you when you guys dropped your day jobs and yeah. being stunned it yeah. was it was smiling buddha cabaret like in 1994 was yeah. the album that you guys quit your day jobs finally yeah yeah and That's i was right. like i was yeah. like what wow. what these guys are one of canada's best bands and yeah. they needed day jobs still like yeah. holy well, smoke
1: yeah, it's, well, yeah, it's It actually, you know, when we signed with Sony in 92 and did uh, the the record before that, dear, dear, we did get some publishing money and some merch advance and stuff like that. And that kind of was almost where we gave up the day job. But yeah, we still probably held on to it a little bit, just just, just to make sure this thing was going to be okay. And <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it turned out okay at the end.
0: Dimitri, if I may. Um, I've got somebody here who would like to uh say hi to our friend Brad, ladies and gentlemen. Would you please welcome from the ongoing history of new music our good friend to this
4: program? <laughs> oh, no, Mr. Robbie J. Rob Johnson, yeah. Rob oh, Johnson. He, how are you, Mr. Merritt? I, I wanted to drop in and ask you your thoughts on yesterday's uh 72 foot putt.
1: Oh, so fantastic. I mean, Come it's like, on. well, I, I, I'm just going like, so, so like, you know, like it is a, you know, when the, when the Raptors won the NBA championship, right. Like I, that, that was big for me. This is bigger to have a yeah. Canadian win the Canadian open. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just, it was just, it was, a, I got emotional, frankly, <laughs> <laughs> you
4: know what? A lot of people have been saying, where does this rank on those Canadian sporting moments, right? Because it it's yeah. 69 years. And I remember as a kid, I used to work at the Open when it was at the Abbey. I used to carry the standard, that little uh, score yeah, yeah, thing, man. walking down the down yeah. the fairways. And it was great. I mean, you got to meet all the players and everything. And you just kind of thought in the back of your mind, "There's unfortunately, there's no Canadians who were going to pull this off because there was none in the field. But now it's
2: just five, six guys. Rob, I was just at the open last night striking speakers and like, oh. <laughs> like, you know, so I was kind of, I don't know if I was there when the 72 foot putt happened, but, but, uh, mm. yeah, well, you would but have it, heard it, it if you were, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: definitely would have heard it. That's for sure. Robbie J. Good to mm. see you, buddy. Thanks for joining us here. so no, yeah, I was, just, I yeah,
4: was, I was yeah. on the old, uh, I was on the old interwebs looking at something. I'm like, that looks like Brad.
2: <laughs> because it is could be because it is
0: and it's funny too actually listening to Robbie Jay talk about like you know his, his history and all that good stuff Rob Johnson has literally had every job on the planet except for brain surgery so yeah it's it's, it's pretty amazing that. I was gonna say, actually well you know there is there is still time my friend so you never know <laughs> sorry Dimitri I'm sure you've still we've still
2: got a bazillion questions here well I was just like All right. So we were talking about money and, uh, yeah. So Warner's Warner signs you, and then you, so then you go, you go down to LA in 87 to work on Show Me. Right. And Warner gives you no money to, to record with. Like, apparently you had to choose between eating (laughs) or, yeah. Like, well you look, so, like twelve dollars yeah. a day allowance or something.
1: Yeah, it's it's kinda like that. Yeah, we used to go around the corner of this little uh taco joint it was right on um right on Hollywood, Hollywood Vines around the corner. Uh, we're recording at El Dorado, which is on Vine just up from Hollywood, uh below sunset. Anyway, the point is it's actually where the monkeys did stuff. The monkeys recorded at El Dorado. But anyway. Um, yeah, and we would, you know, it's like $4 for like, uh, this burrito, which, uh, Neil called the, the gut bomb, but, but if you had one of those, <laughs> you know, you're probably good till the end of the session. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, they, they know, the funny thing is, I mean, we were, you know, we, when we signed with a major, we wanted to stop doing all that stuff. We, cause we used to do everything. We would obviously, you know, write the songs, pay for the recordings, organize the artwork and the editorial um get the record mastered and then we would uh send it all to a pressing plant. press it get it back and then we distribute it through these distributors and it's like we just want to make music so let's get somebody else involved with that so that's that was our thinking when we wanted to sign to a a major or whatever an independent whoever's going to take us and do something with us so but but so, like you say, with the green record, we did that on our own, and then Jordan mixed it, and then they put it out pretty much the way we did it. The mix was a bit on the goopy side. We were kind of more of a drier kind of band. We didn't do all that kind of 80s reverb stuff that time. But anyway. Um, but and then the next record, show me uh, they thought they were gonna, you know, mold us into something, and they spent hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know. And that's you know, this is nineteen eighty seven dollars, so it was like a quarter of a million dollars. Whereas so we did the the green record for like under 50 grand all in, including Jordan's Mix, it's Canadian, right? You know, so, and then of course, you know, the, the way they pay you, right, is a, a percentage of sales. Uh, so there's a royalty rate. Uh, and then also when you start doing videos, some of that's recuperable, you know, it's, uh, or a portion of it. And the point is, is that you cannot make you not know, make money unless you're selling millions and millions of records and it just got it kind of out of control for us that 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 show me record um so they're spending all this money but they would have been better off just giving us some money so that we could eat and be comfortable and you know feel like we were in a safe place to create rather than you know, being on edge wondering whether we had enough money to eat you know yeah so that's yeah. That's, that's that's we just give it was a different different mindset right you know you know, we're having lunch at the smokehouse in Burbank and, you know, uh, Angelica Houston and uh what's the guy's name? Anyway, we're walking by and, you know, it's like, we don't really care about that. That's great. You know, we like the movie She said <laughs> We just, all we want to do is just get, anyway, you know, we started to move towards uh, a model where we would get the money from the record company and make the record, right? And that's what we like, right? Just... Is that when you us, sign, is
2: that is that when you sign with Sony?
1: Yeah, yeah, Sony. Yeah. So, and basically, they said, "You guys know how to do this, right? Here's your advance. Go make the record, right?" Much um, healthier. <laughs> oh yeah, it's just and and all, all those records were like that with Sony. It was really a wonderful relationship. A, when, later on, when we did the um, Casual Viewing record, you know, that was like we took that money and we built our own studio, right, and then. And then so we made that record and we were able to make our own demos and records after that. And, uh, and then we said to Sony, I said, yeah, you know, we've got this concept for, um, uh, the video for casual view. And we want to go around the world. You know, you fly us around the world with, you know, kind of a producer guy that could kind of a fixer, a cinematographer guy and, you know, kind of a camera, you know, up guy. And then we'll, we'll crew it ourselves. And, they gave us the money and that's what we did, right? It was a really, like I say, a very healthy relationship. We really love that. It's good stuff.
4: That was one of my favorite stories Neil told when we did that interview with you guys down at the uh at the horseshoe talking about casual viewing and how you were he was in the office throwing the nerf ball against the wall and he had this great idea. And Ray was like, Yeah, sounds great. Go do it.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's all going yeah. it's all falling apart <laughs> anyway. Like
1: Well, that's right. That so that's yeah, right. So the what Rob's referring to, of course, at that time was the record. Uh, business was falling apart, right? And so, it's, the file sharing was—you know—it was—it was. So, yeah, they—they they probably just went, yeah, you guys go ahead and have some fun, spend some money, and—and and so that was great,
2: great. And then, um so let me just ask you, like, so we, so record labels are they still necessary in like with streaming and and everything nowadays, or like, wh- where do you think where do you think that they they? they factor into the music business anymore
1: okay so uh you know i'm as full of shit as anybody so but i can <laughs> i'll i'll weigh in you know um you know i think i think that uh yeah there's tr- probably a role for them i mean the pro the problem with record companies and the whole business is that yes the old model you know obviously discriminated against uh, those which were only going to sell a limited number of records, or this didn't get through the door for whatever reason, you know, I it doesn't really, that's fine. And the new model, completely democratic, you can actually make uh, your record on your computer. I got a little keyboard here. I can churn it out and I can send it out to aggregators and get it on Spotify and blah, 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 and call myself, whatever. And that's fine. Right? So you, they've got one extreme, you got the other. So Record companies, the value of record companies used to be was that they would develop bands, they would develop artists, they would develop talent, right? So they would pick out something that's like, okay, there'd be actually these A&R people that went to these clubs or whatever and saw these things. It's like, this has got some potential. Then they'd follow you around, you develop a personal relationship with them. And then f- finally, you, with the one you feel comfortable with, you'd sign on the dotted line. And then they would work with you to develop your career. No record company does that anymore. A record company now is about, you know, how many likes do you have here? And, you know, how many people are following you on social media, right? And if you've got, you know, if you're in the hundreds of thousands or millions that are interested, right, and then you can get a, you can get a record deal. And then, so there's no development anymore. (laughs) So that's the downside of what's happening as far as I'm concerned. Um, So you have to find a way to develop on your own right it's it's tricky stuff i don't think i answered your question and like i said I'm, I'm as full of shit as anybody else but you know it might give you a little insight as to stuff, how i think about it
4: well, i think it's one of those things that people often say now is you know take take bands from back in the 80s and the 90s when you would have you know when you when you started with warner would you have a probably three four album deal at the time right to, to yeah, go out and yeah. do it and then options for a compilation they can develop you over time now that doesn't happen it's like one or two albums and like how how all these all these legacy bands that we that we have seen develop other bands and and, and 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 you know other bands have come from bands being fans of other ones it's i you don't see the music developing like that anymore you don't see i don't think as many bands who are fans of other bands who are fans of other ones because they don't have that progression to go through all those records anymore, unless you're at a massive level that you're, you're making the major bucks for the record label.
2: Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. I agree. And I'm, I agree with and that.
2: I'm, yeah. And I'm seeing more and more bands that were on a label dropping the, like leaving the label and just going independent, mm-hmm. like the, like the beaches w- used to be on universal. Now they're their own thing. They, they left yeah. universal. Yeah. And I don't know. And I don't know, it, I, it doesn't look like it hurt them at all. Like, so, yeah. so. Yeah.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. If I think it, it's, it requires uh, the artist uh, at least to have some infrastructure uh, and someone around them that understands how things work or, or they have to have it within the group themselves. And, and yeah, you don't, you do not need a record company. You probably don't want one. Is what I would probably say. That being said, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hold against anybody for signing to a, a major record label if that's what they want to do.
3: Yeah, like the the, the education, uh, the education that's come up. Like you, you were saying, like you can sit and write and do keyboards. And I do the exact same thing. Um, but you can do all that from home. You can do everything from home. You can you can, or even like getting into an own, your own studio, or whatever. It's 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 kind of as as if um the with the technology that's that's come in the ability for people to learn how to do things i mean you can you can learn how to be a producer on youtube in all honesty um uh what's his name uh, uh the lead guy from failure what's his name damn it yeah uh anyway um he has a whole he has a whole series. Where yeah. he goes through and he goes step by step, and he's just like, "This is how I mix this tool album. This is how I mix this other album." You know, yeah. um, you can like people are there and telling you information. So it's with uh, back in back in the like the back in the sixties and the seventies and the eighties, it was for lack of a better term, kind of gatekept, right? Like that knowledge is like, well, you you can't, you don't. You don't understand production so mm-hmm. we're gonna hire we're gonna get this guy and that was like that was knowledge was proprietary based so you didn't have that information yeah. right yeah. Yep. yeah it's like and mastering now, and, yeah yeah and now that information is just like it's it's everywhere i mean but it's everywhere with everything right like yeah. it's like you know uh computer technologies um coding um like there's god there's like fucking minecraft camps for like six-year-olds and shit <laughs> <laughs> well, I go. I go and look, and I'm like, I I don't know. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing.
4: Right? Yeah.
3: Right? So, speaking of technology, I want to go back to December 13, 1994. Okay. And that was when 5440 became one of the first bands on the internet. Okay. And I how like knowing where we are now. Yeah when that when like when they because they probably told you made it probably a big deal and i want to know how you guys felt about that when 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 that happened because i'm guessing it was probably like yeah okay cool
1: yeah so to, exactly that <laughs> was that so yeah so, sony was really an amazing place you know that was uh this whole integrated thing they had a building up in north of downtown dawn mills Just and yeah, that's the I was doing. exactly straight up I. Doing. And a uh, huge huge thing. And so they did everything from uh, they had a recording studio in there. they had a sound stage um, obviously the whole record company is there, all the, all the promotion marketing people, that kind of stuff. but they also had this the CD manufacturer that was there. you know they can manufacture their own CDs. They had their own print shop there where they could print everything from album covers to posters or whatever they're doing. It was completely integrated. So um, yeah, we were on the sound stage, and I don't know how many songs we played and we talked to people. And I think it was, I don't know how it did it, but it was, yeah, we were t- talking, typing in what we we're saying. I don't think it was actually a microphone or anything like that. I can't I remember it, it a, actually. I
4: think it was a BBM chat session, uh,
2: like like. That's what,
1: those, remember, that's what it was.
4: Because I remember, I remember that. One. Yeah, that's what it was. Oh my yeah. god,
1: that is so
2: embryonic. And yeah, internet. it was
4: just like you had yeah. to know how to weave your way through, but at the same yeah. time, it was like this is massive. This is huge. I can yeah. talk to this these people on a stage in another part of the country.
1: Yeah, but Derek was right. It's like it's like oh yeah, whatever, cool. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll try that. It's like it was really a nothing thing. It was be like. Uh, like this would have more appeal what we're doing right now than than that uh and i'm saying yeah i'm saying if we're all together like in a studio together talking that's kind of way we were doing it and Mm -hmm. you know so it was just some other thing right it was yeah bizarre
2: so during in the thick of the pandemic you guys on september 18th 2020 you guys played the elma combo Mm mm-hmm and that was the first time you guys performed on stage in over a year. Yes. And now August 18th, 2023, you're having a live release party for that live album that you recorded that night. That's right. Yeah. So <coughs> what what so what was the scene? Was the Elma combo like fin- was it still like under renovation or finished or something like that? Because I like, I think I know that it was being all renovated or something around that time.
1: Oh, you got, have you seen it since they've done it? Yes. I think yeah. it was
2: just done just about finished right about then.
1: <clears throat> yeah. I'd say it was, you know, 95% done. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And it was, uh, I don't know how many people we had there, but it was, I'm, I'm going to guess a hundred people total. Uh, cause we're, they're still spread out. Right. It was like, you know, you kind of with your group, you know, your table and it's like you, when you get up, you, you walk around and. <laughs> following and the, so, yeah, following gaff tape. yeah, following exactly to the washroom and, you know, anyway, the point is, is, uh, yeah, we were really happy to play and you can, I don't know if you guys have heard any of this stuff. I guess you probably haven't. Um, there's a single, what's the single coming out for that? Single's coming out on, uh, no, I don't know when the single's coming out. No, uh, it's only gonna be released on, on LP. I guess it is on that. Day. Yeah.
2: It says, um, limited edition vinyl package can comm- yeah. commem- so yeah attendees attendees of the live release party on october on oh no august 18th sorry yeah. august 18th they can pre-order a limited edition vinyl yeah. package can comm- commemorating the original show yeah yeah alternate, alternate co- colored vinyl with cd with the bonus track and a 5440 tote bag
1: Hey, I want one of those. Where, where can I get my hands on one of those?
2: It's always the band that gets the,
0: the merch last, eh?
1: <laughs> Swag me up. Yeah, I, I, I can
4: confirm. I can confirm. It is a very good album. It it okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. So
1: I, it's like I, it's, it's you know really good. I, mean, I we, you know sometimes as I've admitted earlier, I can be quite a bit like Derek, right? You know. Um. So you know, and I kind of you know I. I mean, <laughs> So it's, it's kind of a pick on derek day and i'm i apologize i derek love it me. keep going because <laughs> <laughs> he always fucking picks on me <laughs> so any but anyway and, and so i'm going okay well let's all have a listen you know and they sent the, the master uh you know a reference copy to everybody just you know in a file and i listened to this thing and i went holy shit this sounds really good like uh It's, I absolutely love it. It's so it's, you know, I don't know what it's going to do, but it's, it's something I can stand behind. So there you have it.
2: So what do you, what do you, now is the Elma combo like a a venue that you've held, that you've held close to that the has held close to their heart for a long time? Like what, what venue, what are some venues that you like? Obviously you've mentioned the Commodore already. And- yeah, so the Comm-
1: Commodore Ballroom in Vancouver is, which is an annual thing we do around the uh, Canadian Thanksgiving weekend, um, and we're doing it this year as well. That's the, kind of a number one thing. I like we like the Spectrum in Montreal. Have you ever been there? Yeah, that's a beautiful room. Um, so we also do. I mean, just just for old times' sake, uh, we like uh, you know the Horseshoe Tavern because we just can't seem to get away from that uh, place. It's a little small, yeah. but. But you know, the, the Danforth music hall is, is mm-hmm. a fantastic place. And we've played that in different configurations. We played it with, you know, every seat and done, you know, people are sitting down and we do a little, um, uh, kind of, uh, what do you call that, you know, kind of acoustic kind of thing, you know, kind of a mm-hmm. storytelling, whatever, but we've also done it where they take a bunch of seats out, Yes. you know, yeah, and, and you know, yeah. And it's like, and it's, yeah. we get the full lights and the, and the PA and, and that's cool too, yeah. you know? Um, uh yeah i mean it's like uh there's a lot of great venues uh in this country I and mean, we've played i mean we played uh you know Rogers center we opened up uh for uh and the blowfish there right yep we pl- we played uh Air canada center we played uh whatever they call the thing in montreal now molson or bell or whatever it is Santra bell yeah yeah we played the 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 one in in yeah, <laughs> uh, you remember Barry Morris in, in uh, uh, Ottawa? Ottawa. I don't, yeah, yeah, so like that's gone now, but like that was a fun show, you know. Um, there's a I remember seeing of it at
4: Massey Hall, I think, in I think it was the show me tour
1: that was uh, Fight for Love tour, Fight for
4: Love, that's right, Fight yeah. for Love. Tour. So, yeah, ma- yeah. so,
1: Massey Hall is amazing, and yeah. we've also played, we did a little thing. I can't remember what the reason was, but we only put a few songs and Serena Ryder played as well. Uh, and we love that. That's a great, and they I know they've done like a hundred million dollars worth of work in there too. So I'm anxious to see that that's, that's, that's world-class. It's great, great, great place to play.
2: But it sounds like the venues that you're, the venues that you're mentioning are sort of like more, more, more greasy, more, like more intimate, more dirty,
1: <laughs> dirtier. Yeah yeah well i would rather play there than than uh, roger yeah. center
2: <laughs> well yeah like I'll, I'll i'll always i'll always associate 5440 with the phoenix because like i saw like, great- I, I, the diamond well, club in the phoenix yep. yeah yeah
1: love that room great another great room oh my great god like, you got
2: like smoke smile and buddha cabaret tour like you guys oh my god that's a show I'll, i won't forget you know yeah. so Yes. Anyway, and if I can, if I can, th- if no, I can no, remind
0: no. everyone, sorry, if I can remind everyone as well, 1996 location, Molson Park and Barry, June 30th, uh, 1996, Edgefest, the Tea Party, Our Lady Peace, Ashley McIsaac, I Mother Earth, 13 Engines, The Killjoys, Big Sugar, and 5440. There that. you go was a kick-ass show i guaranteed rob johnson's gone to get the poster there it is
4: yeah. there it is this, is, this is fucking is. guy honest that's to god fun, it's insane guy, you brought that's him the
2: 1990 in show You let him in yeah. <laughs> yeah. do you now now that's do you, amazing do you guys like playing outdoor gigs as much as in indoor gigs
1: oh yeah no well it's it's it's, it's a seasonal thing here in canada I mean like like most Canadians you know if like we get a chance to get outside we're pleased to do that right but you know sort of between you know uh uh you know the uh, may twenty fourth and labor day <laughs> it's nice to it's nice to be outside <laughs> That's it's nice right. to yeah. be outside The key to extremely... Bala was always a
4: was always a fan favorite too right
1: yeah, of course it was yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. now yeah, I think so for... we're, we're we're playing there too this this summer uh I've got my cheat sheet here for you guys. Uh July twenty ninth, we're at Kita Fantastic.
4: Yeah. I think okay. I think I'm I think I might be in the Sudbury region that time and I might go check out the Billy Talents that weekend. They're playing up there. Um yeah. Dimitri and I would Would it, I think it would be great, Dimitri you might agree. If you get, get a get a show booked into history, because that's just like walking distance from our house. That's like a ten Absolutely. minute walk. Absolutely. That's like it's
2: in the it's in the Best beaches. In it's history. in the yep. beaches, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're just right. so we, yeah, we we're kind of in a very privileged position to lobby the bass player <laughs> to come, to the schedule.
1: Okay. <laughs> come over <laughs> for a barbecue. Come
2: over for a barbecue.
1: I'll, I'll make a note right now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So, I, before we wrap up this, yeah. So obviously, July 29th ninth, Kita Bala. And there's the live release party for Live at the Elma Combo on August 18th, 2023. And you can pre-order a limited edition vinyl package. And it includes alternate covered vinyl, alternate colored vinyl, a CD with the bonus track, a 5440 tote bag, and exclusive meet and greet access with signing and photos with the band. Did you know about that last part?
1: I was actually told about that just recently. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure That's something we're
3: doing in at the last yeah. second. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you gonna do the Avril Lavigne uh photos where they where they stand twelve yards away from
2: you? <laughs>
3: Don't tell <test No>. me. <laughs> so
2: um Derek, you're hilarious. Brad, thank Danger. you very much for joining us. Um yeah. Brother, going, yeah, you're awesome.
1: Yeah, We're it was going, a pleasure, guys. Real pleasure. Oh yeah. Well, I'm thank glad you had fun. I uh, appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. And, uh, Derek. It.
2: Let let Rob know when you're coming over for barbecue, and let me and let me in.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll make that happen. Yeah, I think I already got it written down. So, it's That's you nice. know what
4: it's it's a pretty cool venue. It's it's the sound in there is. Christine oh, unbelievable and there's, and there's no bad sight that, lines either it's no, a no great bad venue. sight lines. it's great it's a live
1: either. nation venue right a live it is, venue. yeah it's yeah, the one Drake put yeah. money
4: into it's the live nation one um yeah, yeah I was I was there I don't know if anybody else I was there for the uh the the, the skinny puppy final show they did there recently and it was oh it was
0: yeah fantastic. I was there I was there for the beaches they were it was, it, oh, it was it's so a
4: honestly all the rooms in the city I think it has it, probably the best sound I've ever heard in a, in a, in a, in a, in a,
2: in a room. Ooh, that's
4: yeah. l- where wow, it's money. Wow. Even,
0: did. even yeah. the opera house with that good old Adamson rig that used to be in the diamond <laughs> club. That's a great rig. I'm telling you, <laughs>
4: no,
3: it's still there said, too. Rob's right. 100%. It's, it's a hundred percent. I've heard every shitty band and every shitty bar <laughs> and every good band and every shitty bar. And I've heard really bad bands with really good venues. And history has the absolute best sound I've ever heard. And, and they're not
2: paying. And they're not paying us to say any of these things. No, no,
0: <laughs> no. we don't get. Endorsed
3: they can pay us if they want to, though. <laughs> if they wanted to shoot us
0: some money, that'd be fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> I'd really appreciate that. History, get us on Music at revolutionradio.live. Radio dot live.
3: I will <laughs> would tattoo to history on everyone's forehead.
2: <laughs> so anyway, before we let you go, yeah, we wanted to. right. So we have this song called Embassy Supreme that Mm. you, that you released in 2020 Mm -hmm. and it seems to be a complete history of 5440. Is that, is it, is it fair to, is it, is that a fair comment?
1: So, I mean, uh, yeah, I I don't, it's not going to be on the next studio record actually. I don't think it's just, it's just going to be a kind of a one-off thing, but anyway it was, it was written at the same time as, as, um, of the whole new studio record which is kind of a covid kind of thing and it was the first time where we actually got reflective or started talking about our past because we had these weekly zoom meetings the band and and so we just rehashed some stories and and kind of have a little social time i think neil got that said, let's maybe this could be some song ideas in here so so we actually um he started writing songs about these little vignettes, these little stories as part of our lore. Right. And, uh, you know, it was a song about every member in the band, you know, it's kind of, you know, uh, it's, and it was, it wasn't meant for general consumption. It was kind of our own entertainment during COVID. Um, and NBC Supreme was one of those. And it sort of like, um, uh, touches on, uh, lyrics or portions of these other songs which as yeah are parts of our history part of our lore as we see them. It's kind of a bit inside, but you know, you kind of get it. And it's a bit it's kind of a bit, you know, hip hop boasty and um yeah, it's it is what it is. But what I wanted to say about MC Supreme before I let you guys go, because I'm gonna go eat my dinner because it's almost <laughs> eight o'clock where we are here. Uh is uh you know embassy supreme uh is a uh it's a like a brand name of like you know cheap tissue and toilet paper you know you'll see it like you know and in, in the low rent uh motels and you know kind of public buildings and that kind of stuff and my friend it was, it was it was near some sort of warehouse where he saw this where it was like embassy supreme and it was this big huge pallet you know cardboard thing of toilet paper and the model number, the number that they used to use back then was 5440 for <laughs> Embassy Supreme's toilet paper. So oh, wow. we were, we were we were trying to we were trying to do this. We had this idea it was kinda of like, you know, it's kinda of like uh the Beatles uh doing Sergeant Pepper, where they, you know, okay. you know, where they got the they got the <laughs> they got the little they got the little thing, you know, and the side, the little doll. It's got the sweater It says, you know, welcome the Rolling Stones, right? Yeah. You know. And we were going to sort of do that kind of, you know, welcome Sloan, you know, mm. where there's this kind of another kind of, you know, kind of restroom reference in there, you know?
3: <laughs> yeah. and,
4: and
1: so nice. that's kind of where Embassy Supreme comes from, right? You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's very, very based, you know, uh, eight-year-old humor uh, combined with, uh, like I say, touching on all these little stories of the band and, and putting it all in one song.
0: Very much, very much like Derek's kind of humor so that's perfect <laughs> <Excellent. laughs> eight-year-old eight boy <laughs> well thank you brad i think he's giving me the <laughs> finger off camera <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. On <laughs> yeah, yeah brad thank you so much for joining us tonight brother we really seriously appreciate it uh special guest rob thanks for popping letting me crash the party it, uh, brad always
2: great to see you yeah weird, likewise rob yeah and thanks great uh, yeah. and thank you for mm-hmm. like and thank you just for like powering through all those tough moments throughout the band's history and staying together yeah. to make more and more great music, you know, yeah, so um,
0: 5440 are a public utility and that's all there is to it. So you got to <laughs> stick around.
2: <laughs> so, All right. So, Thank th- you. All so right. this is Embassy Supreme by 5440. Thanks, on Brad. Canadian as fuck on Revolution Radio in partnership with Cryer Media.
0: Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Brad. Have a great night,
2: thanks, guys. thanks for yourself to believe we are the cream embassy supreme Whoa. You wanna have a good time on a Saturday night, downtown Granville Street at the Commodore is where you find us tonight.
3: You like three quarts of beer,
2: or maybe some wine, if there's some time. Please, do not you join us? Shopping and vodka surprise get you high. He's on fire. And don't forget,
3: Chicago reservation ours Whoa, 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 whoa.
2: Scotch if it's time
3: Please won't you jump